18 minutes it is now before 8 p.m. And uh, you tuned in to a Metro FM talk here on the Mighty Metro. We now take a look at the top business stories that are moving markets on this Tuesday. And joining me to uh, do uh, this is uh, Makwe Masilela, who is the founder and chief investment officer at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, who's that, Mabrur? Makwe, I want us maybe to start off in the markets uh, today before we take a look at some of our stories. Uh, you know, I was talking about double-digit declines for uh, financial stocks yesterday. It seems there was a massive rebound on the JSC today, uh, I guess uh, in response to uh, that announcement by the president last night about a lockdown, but also the announcement from the U.S., uh, from the Fed there, about a bottomless stimulus. Yeah, and I think also the comments that we also get from Nancy Pelosi saying that, you know, uh, she's hopeful that today she should be able to reach an agreement when it comes to that aid of almost two trillion US dollars. Remember, on Friday they couldn't reach an agreement, so that as well managed to boost the market sentiment. So, hence we saw markets going as high as they are, and at some point the US market, to, I mean, rise, I mean, uh, that was the biggest thing they rise. Since 2008, so markets are excited about that. That at least something is happening. Maybe we need to know Diabonga that you know, in cases like this, fiscal policy is more important than monetary policy. We've been seeing central banks trying to put in money, the Fed as well, but markets continue to go down. You know, playing a casino up today, down tomorrow, volatility mm. continues to increase. But now, minute now you start seeing. The fiscal policy is coming into place. I think that tells you that at least the guys will be able to at least shield the economies from the expected slowdown of the economy. Mm-hmm. And, and Makwe, I mean, just some of your own reflections here about uh, the, the economic impact of uh, this lockdown. Much of what we're going to talk about by way of stories uh, has to do with that. Uh, and uh, if you think about what's going to come out of the UIF aviation sector, ground to a halt uh, on the back of this, uh, you know, many of us, as people who sometimes try and forecast, uh, try and time the market, uh, probably don't know or even uh, can comprehend the magnitude of uh, the lost economic production and economic value that's going to emerge on the other side of this particular lockdown, but also on the other side of all of the containment efforts of COVID-19. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, as you're saying, it's very difficult to predict, as we've never seen something like this before, you know, but it has also been consoling and also that managed to help the market when we start seeing that, you know, the number of new infections in Italy are slowing down, you know, for the second day. So because the whole issue, the whole measure, the whole intention is to try to stop the spread, you know. Mm. So if we see that happening, then at least we'll know that we're getting somewhere. And I think personally, that's where maybe will the market will start to say, you know what, we're starting to turn the corner because it's no longer spreading as rapidly as it used to. Mm, mm, mm. Certainly a tough one there, Mark. But uh, let's maybe kick off uh, our, our analysis of some of these stories. Comair, uh, I guess following in the footsteps of uh, other low-cost uh, carriers. Uh, these are the guys who uh, run Gulula and uh, also operate uh, British Airways here in South Africa. They've announced that they're going to be grounding uh, their fleet here in response to the lockdown measures. Uh, what impact is this going to have on an aviation sector where margins are tight and it seems that uh, everybody uh, seems to be finding themselves in a tight squeeze, least of all uh, some of our own SOEs here? I think that's a logical move. You know, we've seen the likes of Emirates already they've announced that they're going to stop flying at some point. They'll allow, allow cargo. If people are saying you're on a lockdown, you know, 
that you don't have to travel unless if it's a serious traveling, then why should you continue, you know, mm. to have your flights on there? Why should you continue to fly maybe five or six people? It doesn't make sense because in this instance, it doesn't just affect the social flying. And unfortunately, it happens at a time where it's more like a holiday for us. I mean, Easter weekend, other than people going to churches, we know that people go to their holiday houses, people go back home, so they get to be very busy. And unfortunately, business traveling as well is not allowed at all. So I think that is just a logical move. And I think Fly SA as well, they mentioned that they'll also be stopping flying. They'll have their last flight on Wednesday, something like that. So it just makes sense because why will people need to fly if there's a restriction when it comes to movement? Mm. Michael, let's talk just briefly here about impact and, uh, you know, where they've uh, stalled the payment of their uh, particular dividend. We've also seen in the case of many other companies here in South Africa that have operations uh, not only here at home, but across the board, uh, a delay of share buybacks, a delay of uh, issuing of uh, dividends, even in the property sector, a delay of some of the distributions there as well. Uh, so uh, certainly not uh, the only company here, the uh, packaging uh, entity uh, Impact, which uh, packages a lot of the consumer goods and pharmaceutical products in the South African economy, uh, joining many other companies. I think maybe it's so true, you know, that when people face a crisis, they start thinking out of the box. Because all these moves make sense. Because we're not sure of the impact, we're not sure how long this thing will carry on. So it only makes sense as a company to make sure that we've got a decent balance sheet, or else we'll be running back to the shareholders trying to raise money, or to the lenders trying to get more money. So if you can postpone, because it's not cancelling, start looking at at least paying it somewhere around September. I think as a shareholder, yes, that 42 cents a share makes sense, but compared to them paying you today, then come after five months and say, we need to raise more money. We have to start accumulating more debt. I think that's a good thing to do, and I think most companies, as you said, they'll stop stuff like that. Bonuses are given, you know, that definitely people must not forget about them. Mm. So I think that was so clever of them to try to save that plus minus 73 million or so. Yeah. Big questions, of course, uh, for businesses uh, small and large uh, about cash flow positions here. And uh, certainly no company wanting uh, to uh, compromise uh, their cash flow position now because a lot of us don't know, Makwe, uh, how long this might uh, last and how long... Uh, similar actions and interventions like the shutdown that's going to be starting over the next few days or so, how many of those will need to flatten the curve on this particular issue? So certainly uh, prudent uh, uh, you know, and uh, prudent foresight there on the part of many of uh, these firms. Makwe, I want us to pause there for a second and uh, uh, also invite uh, some of our listeners here to weigh in on our conversation. You can give us a ring on 089-110-3377. Uh, you might have uh, some perspectives and we're going to be picking up on some of these issues around uh, how you make sure your cash flow position as an entity is able to weather the COVID-19 storm and uh, we'll pick that up on our SMME exchange but if you just joined us I'm in conversation with Makwe Masilela uh, founder and the chief investment officer at Makwe Fund Managers and we're taking a look at some of the big uh, stories of uh, the uh, marketplace today and uh, when we come back we'll take a look uh, of course at uh, the size and the scale of uh, the UIF's contribution uh, to COVID uh, relief efforts and uh, we do understand the some actuarial studies that are underway there and also uh, 11 firms being investigated here for price gouging in the COVID-19 crisis. Some of you finding an opportunity here to profit here on this particular one. Let me know uh, 
and uh, I'd love to hear some of your own perspectives, of course, about uh, some very bizarre pricing behavior that you've seen in this context uh, here. And uh, I certainly heard some interesting stories in the Eastern Cape of uh, masks being sold for all manner of prices. But uh, yeah, share some of those bizarre experiences, uh, those uh, bizarre pricing experiences with us. Give us a ring, 089-110-3377. We continue on the other side of this. It's eight minutes now before 8 p.m. You're tuned in to uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories uh, on this uh, Tuesday. And joining me to take a look at some of these stories is Makwe Masilela, uh, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers. Now, Makwe, talk to me quickly about uh, these 11 firms here that uh, are being investigated for price gouging. We did hear Minister Patel earlier on today suggesting that uh, the uh, competition and consumer authorities are certainly going to be monitoring uh, key product lines to uh, see whether or not retailers are marking these up unnecessarily in response uh, to surges in demand uh, associated with the COVID-19 response. It seems 11 firms are already being uh, eyed here by the authorities and uh, on the back, of course, of consumers coming out and saying, uh, yeah, these guys have just shot up the prices. There's even more, you know, that will have to be investigated. And I think morally is not right. But the guys maybe just saw a business opportunity, supply and demand, that, ooh, there's a huge demand out there, so I might as well, you know, start increasing my prices. But honestly, uh, morally is not right. And sometimes, I mean, you don't have to take advantage of people's uh, disadvantaged situation and try to make money out of this whole thing. I think in this instance, it's like this. Lives matters more than making that extra buck, and people should see this whole thing the way it is. And there's this whole thing that, you know, in times like this, crisis like this, there are two things, you know, uh, toilet toilet paper and marijuana, they've got something in common, both of them, because people tend to buy more or stockpile more of those two things, but don't take advantage of people's unfortunate situation. And I mean, just talk to me, Mark, about how important, I guess, uh, from what you've heard, how important it is as part of the uh, relief package of uh, responses. Uh, Has it been to ensure that the price of critical supplies at this moment? I mean, uh, this is not just sanitizers, face masks, gloves uh, and many of the other things, but uh, all of the other things that we might take for granted. How important it is, one, to secure some of those supplies. We saw uh, even some important trade support coming through in what was suggested earlier. Very critical, and also including our basic food stuff, you know. And I think Abonga, we have to give it to our government that, you know, so far they've just shown some some credible leadership in this whole matter. It reminds us when we were preparing for the 2010, where everyone was pulling together to make sure that it becomes a success. Mm. Even now, you see, whether it's labor, whether it's business, you know, everyone is just trying to, to work together. And I just hope and pray that even after the crisis, we just continue on the very same momentum probably will get out of the rules that the economy is facing. But yes, it's very critical because basic food stuff, remember, they come here, more than 60% of our people, they spend more than 60% of their income, you know, on food, on basic things like that. So if you start increasing prices, that's the ones who are going to feel the heat, which I don't think is right. Mm, mm, it's certainly a tough one here, Michael. Uh, when uh, we consider, you know, how important it is to ensure that all of the critical supplies go to where they need it the most. And if people are going to be, you know, profiteering on price gouging in the manner that's been suggested here, uh, it certainly doesn't uh, augur well for the national effort. Talking about that national effort, I think a lot of people have spoken about uh, many interventions. It might be support for uh, distressed firms, support for workers uh, whose 
uh, hours might be shortened and by extension their incomes uh, might take a knock right through to the informal sector. Everybody's speaking about the unemployment insurance fund and mm-hmm. that surplus uh, or a contribution surplus that's hovering around that 3 billion rand mark. Uh, and it seems here yeah, that uh, certainly from what uh, Tulas Nasi, the Deba- uh, Minister of Employment and Labour, what he suggested, we are none the wiser as to how much of that surplus we can use uh, so that, uh, you know, where the UIF can continue to make its own contribution and uh, meet its obligations to many of those who are unemployed. You know, that surplus on cut, it is just too little because, mm. as you stated, that it's just under $4 billion, but and then the investment sitting at 60 But I had the new rumor that the chances are they're looking into tapping at plus minus 30 billion rent of this whole thing because the last time the numbers that they released, the investments amounted to almost 60 billion, including the surplus of three, so just plus minus 64 billion. So apparently by Friday or so, or on the 30th of March, it will be announced that the, the guys might be tapping into using almost 80 billion rands worth of that. And that's another example, trying to think out of the box, you know. We're not saying it's a perfect solution, mm. but at least it shows you that we are trying to do something. And I think the minimum that we'll be getting is plus minus 3,005. Not too bad. And we all know that when it comes to the unemployment insurance fund, even when it gets to be applied in normal situations, you get just under half of your normal salary. So other than, I mean, it's better than getting absolutely nothing. And I think maybe that's the attitude and spirit that we should look into all these efforts, you know, mm. that this is not going to take the situation back into perfection. But at least, you know, half loaf is better than nothing. And in the time being, people will be able to survive. And bear in mind that you take that effort, coupled with other efforts, whether are your banks who are allowing you to extend the repayment period, or have a, a, a repayment break because you don't have to look into an effort uh, uh, separately. But if you look into the holistic thing, then we'll probably maybe get it. Uh, we'll shield. I think maybe that's the right thing. Mm. We we'll still feel the pain, but at least, you know, we'll just lessen that blow on our economy. Yeah, it's certainly a tough one here, Mark. And uh, uh, I guess, you know, I remember saying to Cascavadia uh, sometime last week that. Uh, with all of these interventions, I mean, even on the clinical side and even on the economic side, time is a massive factor. Uh, and how quickly you can rapid, uh, you know, rapidly deploy some of these resources and get them uh, to the workers, to the firms, and to whoever else needs it, uh, that's going to determine whether or not you're able to mitigate the impact uh, of uh, what's happening on the clinical side of things. We've seen historically the UIF has certainly had uh, some blockages in their own system administratively in getting payments out. Uh, what's going to be different this time, certainly from what you've seen? Yeah, but this is a no, it's not a normal situation. Mm. Definitely they have to employ more people. Definitely they have to check up their system to make sure that things might work much better. And I personally feel that if they put in, we've got the monetary policy which kicked in with that 1%, and the following day they realized that they could have done more, they started putting more money into the system to offer banks cheap money, then as well we've got the, the, the physical which is coming into place. But the most important thing which is still lacking is your social policies, because if we also don't incorporate that, like you said earlier, very few people will benefit you know, from those initiatives. So you also need to put in place your social policies to make sure that all those interventions get to be shared by almost everyone into the country. Mm. And this is not a normal situation. I don't think it's even fair to start comparing that normally you guys are slow. This is not a normal situation. And we expect them to start doing more. People are working from home. People mm. will volunteer their time and expertise to help the guys to make sure. As an example, 
does say this case can be paid by the employers themselves, the URF, and usually it's not done that way. So it shows you that they are prepared to do things in a different so, manner. So, Mark, but, uh-huh. you know, if, if this is an abnormal situation, things are going to be done yes. differently. Um, from what we've heard now, I mean, have we heard details of, you know, how that's going to look differently and how what resources or the other is going to be added here to expedite the claims process and by extension how these monies are paid? Already we know that employers will be involved when it comes to paying out that whole thing. Okay. Definitely people people are working on the system how to improve it. Mm. And we just have to be honest with ourselves. These guys won't get it 100% sure, right. You sure, know? But at least it's not going to be like your normal situation. And mm. we'll always have this whole thing that the guys could have done better. There'll always be this whole thing that, you know what, there's a room for improvement. But I think for a change, we just have to give it to the guys that, you know what, it's better than nothing. But yeah, you can improve here and there going forward. And it's also living care, living care for most of us. The whole thing that we just have a, a disaster a fund of almost $5 billion, mm. it's just a good demonstration that it's not sufficient. So yeah. going forward, we need to look into something much bigger. But yeah, the guys, the speed and everything, especially if you're feeling the pain, you'll feel that, you know what, I could have got my money last week. You don't really need to wait for another two mm. weeks. That's too long. But I agree with you, we'll never get the speed to exactly where we want sure, to. Nobody's sure. hoping with the U.S. They failed to pass that bill, and hopefully they'll ah, pass it the in US. the next few hours. Ah. So it's just a national thing. Look at the U.K. U.K. people have been complaining that U.K. are taking forever to come with place, lockdown. When people are starting to move the other direction, exactly. they're only implementing things. So we'll always have this thing that, you know what, you have not done enough, you could have done much, but mm-hmm. and it's not only us here. And I'm not saying... You know, I'm trying to defend the guys, sure. you know. We, you know very well where they're wrong. We tell them that yeah, it's not right. Of course, that's how it works. Point, you know, mm. At some point, we have to give the guys the credit. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. We're, where the credit is due, Mark, yeah. we certainly do extend that credit. And uh, where criticism, uh, constructive criticism is due, sure. we also extend the same. Mark, always a pleasure, Mabrur, catching up with you and uh, really appreciate it. And. Uh,